Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. And good Wednesday, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Tim today with me in studio is reporter Chris Woodward. Chris, good to have you. Good morning. And Brent Creeley, our producer, and also joining us live and direct from Charlotte, North Carolina, our good friend Frank Turek. Morning, Frank. Blessing this Thanksgiving. And isn't that Christopher? It, we got to get this right. It's not Chris. It oh, is. It is Christopher. His, it is his Christopher. mom is listening, Fred. <laughs> Christopher means bearer of the cross. Yes, <laughs> it does. It's one of the oldest names in Christendom. And, uh-huh. you know, and listen, for anybody that's uh, expecting, uh, Christopher, always a good name. No one ever goes with it. Uh, you'll you'll never be confused for the other Christopher in the workplace. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Mark my, Chris has a, Chris has a thing about his name too, Frank. Uh, in that you know, it the Woodward you come up last in, oh. the, in the list all the time. Oh, really? And it's yes. mispronounced. Yeah, yes. it's usually Woodard. Woodard. Yeah, I've See, got a lot of things to be thankful for. Though. Would you like to change yeah, you your name? <laughs> no, I, I wish my 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 wife's maiden name is um, is Italian, uh, and uh, I, I wish I would have gone with her maiden name because it would, it just sounds cool. Oh, it sounds cool, right? Right. Hey, listen, we got a busy program. You know, I, I think I may have mentioned this yesterday. Uh, it used to be Thanksgiving, Christmas time. Uh, it was slow news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, we're living in a day and age when uh, news is breaking all the time. And so often it is the case is it's it's tragedy. And right. and we do have to start off our today's program with news of a shooting at a Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia, this happened last evening. Uh, as you can imagine, Walmart, uh, just a few days before Thanksgiving, filled with shoppers. And here's what we know at this hour. Uh, the Associated Press is reporting that a manager at this particular Walmart in Chesapeake, Virginia, left the store. It was I think it was around 7 o'clock last night, uh, obviously Eastern Time went out to his vehicle and came back with a weapon, went to the staff room where the staff gathers during shift changes and that sort of thing, uh, opened fire, and then turned the gun on himself, and uh, he is deceased. Six people dead. Um, many people have been injured, uh, still being treated in hospital. So very sad, uh, Chris and uh also, it comes on the heels mm-hmm. of the uh, club shooting in Colorado Springs and that also the, the tragic stabbing deaths of those students at the University of Idaho, which is eight, nine days ago, and they have not found a weapon and they obviously haven't found a suspect there. But all of this, um, it, it's happening on a regular basis now, and I think it talks to a, a, a serious problem in our culture. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, as far as the Colorado shooting goes, the update with that is that um, the person responsible or the person that authorities say is responsible has been identified as 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich. Uh, although public defenders refer to the suspect as Mix Aldrich, uh, that's because Aldrich is reportedly non-binary and uses they-them pronouns. Um, so this is a, a big update to the case that many thought uh, might have been related to the fact that this was primarily an LGBTQ nightclub in the Colorado Springs area, and therefore the uh, gunman may have been targeting those people based on their um, 
sexual preferences. Uh, but this individual, again, 22-year-old Anderson Lee Aldrich, is uh, identified as non-binary. And you can read more about this on our website, AFN.net. Frank, uh, this year has been filled, uh, sadly, with these kinds of incidents, uh, not to to mention the the individual uh, incidents of violence, let's say, in New York, the subway killings, uh, street attacks, all of these sorts of things. And it, it, it speaks to, I think, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, of, of something spiritually that is going on in this country. Yeah, I know a lot of people immediately when these tragedies happen involving guns, they are they, they go political and they start talking about gun control and that kind of thing. But let's just think about this logically, ladies and gentlemen. We've had guns in this country for centuries. There's nothing new about having guns. Why do we seem to have more of these shootings? It can't be just because of guns, because we've always had guns. So there's something else going on here. And it could be, of course, just a lack of of uh, hope in America uh, that people have detached from God. They don't think there's any real meaning to life anymore. I mean, this could be one reason among many. It's a complex issue, obviously. And quite often, some people are just mentally unstable and these things occur. Uh, and they decide in this world of uh, instant news and social media that they're going to go out in a blaze where people are going to know their name, that kind of thing. I mean, there could be several reasons for this. One reason that we ought not jump to conclusions on is the fact that this it has somehow uh, been uh, per, uh, precipitated by some sort of political position, because that's always what people jump to. Hmm. In fact, I'm looking at an article by Rod Dreher. Rod Dreher is the man that wrote uh, Live Not By Lies, uh, which is a famous statement from uh, Solzhenitsyn, who was the Russian dissident. He told the Russian people, Live not by lies. Don't live by lies. Live by the truth. Uh, before he was actually kicked out of the USSR, as you know, he was uh, in the gulag for many years. Mm. Anyway, Rod Dreher has written on his blog, The American Conservative, Colorado Springs and the Left's Blood Libel. And what he's pointing out here is that when this uh, horrific event took place uh, in Colorado Springs, the New York Times immediately decided that the reason this happened was because of conservatives who have pushed up against LGBTQ political goals and said these things we ought not uh, we ought not put into place politically or people that have uh, opposed the transgender movement, not transgender people, but transgender political goals. And now suddenly the New York Times is silent, at least from what I've seen today. Because it's been revealed that this man, apparently, as you put it, Christopher, um, is is probably a T. He's non what we call non-binary. He doesn't claim one uh, gender or the other. Uh, yet they couldn't help themselves before this came out to say to tar all conservatives and say you're the problem. Mm -hmm. You're the reason that this has happened. Yeah. Look, there's a difference between cause and condition, and people need to understand this. If there is the, – the cause of this shooting was the guy who decided to do it. Was there a condition, an environment that may have motivated him to do it? That's another question. And that can't just be blithely thrown out there like apparently the lady, the, the gray lady, the lady of record has decided to do before checking any of the facts. Yeah. They've decided to do this. They've decided to smear a bunch of people without checking the facts, and we can't do that. 
Yeah. We shouldn't do it. They shouldn't do it. Nobody should do it. We should allow the facts to be said, and then we can we can we can put uh, whatever kind of uh, condition that we have that we think is out there and say, well, this this could have participated to it or this could have contributed to it. But to say that somehow Christians or or conservatives or even leftists are responsible for this is something we ought not jump to conclusions about. And, and Frank, it wasn't just the New York Times. The Associated Press almost immediately started talking about hate crimes. Yes. And uh, so all but, crimes are hate crimes. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, nonsense. It's nonsense. So, uh, but it goes to I, I think a, a, a larger problem where we just focus in on journalism for a second. Uh, journalists have forgot who they're supposed to be. They're supposed to reflect the, the, the facts as they know it at that moment. And, and stories are updated, as this story now from Colorado is being updated. Uh, this now being described by his lawyers as non-binary, uh, preferring pronouns they, them, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that takes the story in a whole other direction. But the, the knee-jerk reaction, as you point out, Frank, for the mainstream media, was to go to a narrative that conservatives, Christians, are the problem in society. And uh, that's where I see the spiritual aspect in this. Uh, I mean, it, it is satanic, I believe, uh, in the hearts of these individuals. Go on the attack, try to find a connection, uh, and paint the Christians as a problem in this. I was reading an AP story just before coming into the studio this morning. It was an AP story about uh, since the court decision involving the football coach in, uh, in, in Washington. Kennedy. Kennedy. Kennedy, yeah. Uh, uh, the AP story is all about there's been an increase in prayers before high school football games. And and the awkward position that some Muslim uh, players, football players in Dearborn, Michigan, and, and, and how they feel about this. So, uh, once again, a, a court decision, and, and this what how, took how many years, Chris? Oh, so, uh, going on 10. 10 years. So, they come out. Remember, we have to remind folks mm -hmm. that this coach went to the middle of the field after the game and prayed, and if the players wanted to join him, they could. Correct. He wasn't imposing his religion on anybody. But the AP now is going back to this, almost painting it as forced prayer upon high school football players. Frank, it, it, it goes to, I, I believe, what we're seeing in our society is that the left would like to paint Christians in particular as the problem in our society, and we have to do something about those Christians. Am I overstating yeah. that? Well, Rod Dreher on his blog, The American Conservative, uh, which you can just type in theamericanconservative.com, lays this all out, I think, very well. And again, the title is Colorado Springs and the Left's Blood Libel. Now, we've got to be careful, too, that we don't paint people on the other political side as some kind of boogeyman either. We Remember, we're fighting against the principalities of darkness. We're not fighting against people, per se. Mm -hmm. Everybody's made in the image of God and deserves respect. So we have to ensure that we're not jumping to conclusions either. But that doesn't mean we ought not strenuously oppose uh, ideas and certainly political policy that goes against the truth. And that's what Christians need to do. If we love our neighbor, we have to make sure that the right laws are put into place. One way we love our neighbor is to ensure that the right laws are put into place and people are not, um, are not harmed by 
uh, certain laws and policies that are put into place. That's what we have to do as Christians. And we ought not jump to political conclusions either. Look, I've said before, look, if, 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 if there was a way to restrict firearms in a way that would prevent some of these without taking away the rights of gun owners, I, I'd be for that. Uh, the problem is we tend to think that if one person uses his freedom wrongly, everybody else who has that freedom ought not have it. Yeah. But where do, where do we come up with that? Yeah. You know, if one guy uses his freedom of speech wrongly, nobody else should have the freedom of speech. If one guy uses his right to, to bear arms wrongly, nobody else should have the right to bear arms. That's that doesn't follow. No, we, yeah. we, we, cer- we certainly don't say that if uh, if a car runs into a bunch of people, we don't say let's outlaw cars. Right, right. <laughs> so, look, uh, we, we should be open to all ideas, uh, but we ought not be jumping to conclusions and jumping to uh, blame certain groups of people. In fact. Can we talk about the Bible for a second, Fred? I think we should. Can we? Okay, Galatians chapter 5. We've been going through Galatians chapter 5 on our TV show. And um, here are some of the things that Paul mentions that are the natural results of human nature. We know about sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. He talks about those, but here's what else what he says. Listen to this. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. Okay, listen to those for a second, ladies and gentlemen. Now, now, now think about politics for a second. Think about the disputes that we have in politics. Does it involve hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy? If that's not a description of American politics today, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. Right? You're exactly right. And, and too often, people are putting other people into factions they're creating dissensions they're creating discord they're creating jealousy and envy when we have uh, political parties putting people into these factions and pitting citizens against one another we get the natural results of human nature and we christians when we're involved in politics we have to be careful not to do this we have to oppose policies but we have to treat people on the other side of the aisle, whoever they are, with gentleness and respect. That doesn't mean we might not raise our voices sometimes. Jesus did, right? <laughs> we might not be impassioned sometimes like we are now. Jesus was. But we have to certainly treat them with respect and uh, realize that they're made in the image of God just like we are. The ultimate goal ought to be to win them to Jesus Christ. Yes. And yes. that's where we have to be careful. It's good good wisdom there. Uh, Chris, next. Um This is an update to a story that we've been covering uh, since late summer when President Joe Biden announced what he calls a student loan relief plan, uh, which involves 10 to 20 grand uh, for people that owe money on their student loans. At that time in late August, early September, Biden also announced that he was going to be offering uh, a pause on payments. In other words, if you don't have the funds or you don't want to make a payment on your student loan, you don't have to until the end of the year. It now appears, according to the Associated Press, that President Joe Biden is going to extend that student loan pause as the court battles drag on over his uh, plan. As we have reported on AFN, and I'll post the uh, links here on our Facebook page in just a moment, a couple of uh, lawsuits against his plan have been successful. You have the one in Texas where a federal district court judge ruled against the plan 
That was the lawsuit brought by a group called Job Creators Network Foundation. And then in more recent days, you had the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals agree to a temporary pause on the plan while a lawsuit from various states uh, and their attorneys general uh, plays out. Um, but Biden is, you know, this is the guy who famously said in 2021 about the eviction moratorium, it's probably illegal, but it's worth it. So Joe Biden is uh, still announcing things willy-nilly, even though he hasn't been given authority by Congress to do these things. And just to give you an idea of uh, his mindset here, this is President Joe Biden uh, making a public push for his plan and criticizing anybody challenging it. Clip four. But Republican special interest and elected officials sued to deny this relief, even for their own constituents. But it isn't fair to ask tens of millions of borrowers eligible for relief to resume their student debt payments while the courts consider the lawsuit. It isn't fair. It isn't fair to repay their loans. Hey, listen, what is it that Biden calls all of this? The student loan reduction? Student loan relief plan. Relief plan. I call it stick it to the taxpayer plan. Mm. Uh, That's what it comes down to. People have to realize we're talking about Joe Biden, the president of the United States, believes he and he alone has the authority to transfer almost half a trillion dollars worth of debt from students, Frank, to the taxpayer. He says he has the power to do it. That's real money, Fred. Half a trillion dollars. Uh, yeah. That's $500 billion. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's crazy. Well, first of all, due to our Constitution, the president does not have the authority to uh, just take money out of the Treasury and give it to anybody. He's got to go through Congress. That's why we have three branches of government. And the... Uh, the pa- power of the purse starts in the House of Representatives. It doesn't start in the White House. So this is why these courts are saying this is unconstitutional, rightfully so. Now, if the people want to vote for this, they can. They can go through their elected representatives, get both houses of Congress to approve it, and President Biden can sign it. Then, okay, fair game. You want to do that? Go right ahead. I don't think it's good policy. I think what you're doing is you're taking money from hardworking people and giving it to people who, through no, through, through their own choice, decided to put themselves into debt to try and better themselves. Well, that's on them. Yes. Right? That's not on. That's not on the guy who didn't go to college and is working a a, 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 a difficult job right now trying to make ends meet. You're going to take money from him and give it to some guy who went off to, to to college and couldn't pay his own debt. Why would you do that? Yeah. I, I I think the court decisions, as you point out, Chris, uh, have gone against the president on this. A couple of them. Uh, a couple of them. And I, I think those court decisions are going to be upheld uh, because, as Frank points out, constitutionally, the president doesn't have a right to spend our money right. willy-nilly like this. Yeah. And by, well, well, by the way, this is another reason why we have three branches of government, right? Yes. Uh, Check the balance. judiciary stepping in and saying, whoa, whoa, hold on. You can't do that. That's not the way the Constitution works, mm. bro. You want to do this? you got to convince the people to vote for it through their representatives. You just can't go off half-cocked and say, I'm just going to spend half a billion dollars. That's, that's crazy. I've got some audio here from one of the groups half, that half have a trillion, sued. Sorry. Yes. Trillion, sorry. Um, it, uh, what you're going to hear now is Elaine Parker, president of Job Creators Network Foundation. She talks about the ruling, saying Biden doesn't have the authority and uh, Job Creators Network Foundation also says none of this gets to the root of the problem, which is the exorbitant cost for a college education. Clip six. The court ruled that the bailout is one of the largest exercises of legislative power without congressional authority in the history of the United States. 
um, you know, it, it, it also just doesn't get to the bottom of the real problem, and that is colleges and universities that continue to increase their tuition uh, faster than inflation every single year uh, while they, you know, continue to pay their presidents and their college football coaches multi-million dollar salaries all on the backs of these students. And until we address those issues, this one-time injection of money is not going to solve the problem for the millions of people, you know, that are going to go to college five years from now. So five years from now, you and I will be sitting here again, and the problem will still be here, and the debts will be bigger, and tuition will still be higher. Yeah. You know, another thing, guys, that bothers me is that many of these universities are sitting on multi billion dollar endowment mm-hmm. funds like 60 billion yes i think harvard has something like that 60 billion like harvard has and and others listen uh they should be lowering the cost if they really believe in post-secondary education and helping students who need help why don't you lower tuition costs instead and and i'm not the first to say this if this was uh if this gets through the courts if biden's plan gets through the courts you know what's going to happen these universities are just going to raise tuition prices again. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Fred, I, 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 I had my friend Charlie Kirk on my show uh, here on the American Family Radio Network a month or two ago about his book, The College Scam. Uh-huh. This is really a good book to get because while the book may cost you 28 bucks, it's going to save you about 200, 300,000 <laughs> if you don't send your kids to a place where, first of all, uh, they're going to be overcharged. Secondly, they're probably going to be indoctrinated against Christianity. And thirdly, you can get a great education without ever going to college. And in this book, he dictates or he shows you how. Mm. There's so much free online stuff you don't even know about. Anyway, yes. here's the interesting thing. One of the reasons why why college tuition continues to go up is in, I think it was 2010, through the Obama administration. It's early in the, two, uh, the 2010s. Um, they took authority for, away from the banks and said that the – uh, the student loans would be processes through the federal government and and come from the federal government, that the federal government got more involved somehow. Well, what has this done? It's made the it, it's made money a lot more easy to get if you're a student. Well, if money's easier to get as a student, what do the colleges say? Well, this guy can he can borrow the money. So we're just gonna raise our tuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're raising it way faster than inflation has been risen over the past decade. And here's the problem, Fred, when you when you one of the problems is when you give money too easily to people, people go to college who really shouldn't go to college because you know that forty one percent of the people that start college don't finish. Right. Yeah. They Forty-one percent of the people drop out. Those people should have never gone, and many of them went because the money was easy to get. Well, I might as well go, right? I can get the money, and yeah. now they're they're stuck with a quarter million dollars of debt. In they got a degree in gender studies, and they're working at Bojangles. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't know about you guys, but you know, a double major in underwater basket weaving and pig Latin is going to pay off <laughs> someday, somewhere. I think part of the problem too is we have this whole "follow your heart" mentality. Uh-huh. If that's what makes you happy, then you go to Stanford and enroll in those things. Yes, and pay your own way. Well, get the book, The College Scam. There's it's some great stuff in there. Uh, Charlie Kirk. All right. Hey, listen, uh, we just got 
first 30 minutes behind us, and there's so much more ahead. Frank, we want to get back to you and continue uh, what we talked about yesterday, your thoughts about sharing the gospel at the Thanksgiving table. Oh, yeah, we got five more ways of doing it. Don't go anywhere. Yes, absolutely. And yesterday, swan song for Dr. Anthony Fauci. Um, he attempted disagree to paint himself. Disagree with me. Disagree with science. <laughs> It turned into a bit of a verbal Donnybrook, to use a hockey term. At the White House yesterday, Karine Jean-Pierre had to come to his rescue. This is a great story, folks. Don't go away. Much more on this Wednesday edition of Today's Issues. We'll be right back. When you hear this... This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. The changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier at Arlington National Cemetery. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, on our spiritual heritage tours in June and September of 2023, we're going to be going to the Arlington National Cemetery as one of our stops. And we'll be seeing the gravesite of John F. Kennedy. We'll be going to the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier that I just mentioned, which is just a, a very patriotic place to be in those hallowed grounds of Arlington National Cemetery. So it's going to be just one of our stops and one of our days. We're going to see the Capitol building. We're going all over Washington, D.C., including Mount Vernon, George Washington's home. So if you want to go with us, then go to the website spiritualheritagetours.com. Spiritualheritagetours.com. The itinerary, the cost, the dates, everything is there. Spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. The chief executive officer of the Babylon Bee has been disinvited from speaking at his alma mater. Seth Dillon was given the heave-ho by administrators at Palm Beach Atlantic University because of the Christian school's sacredness. Seems a good many of the snowflakes enrolled at Palm Beach were troubled because Dillon once called Black Lives Matter a terrorist organization. And, of course, the perpetually offended LGBT crowd also got triggered. Palm Beach Atlantic University used to be a respected Southern Baptist school, but nowadays they no longer identify as Baptist. They're C-I-N-O, Christian in name only. They're also cowards who cave to a cancel culture mob. The truth is Christian students needed to hear from people like Seth Dillon. He's a Christian running a successful Christian media company. He employs 10 Palm Beach Atlantic grads, and he recently donated $300,000 to help launch a new master's program. Mr. Dillon ought to be asking Palm Beach Atlantic to return his check. I'm Todd Starn. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. 
See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, 23, and 24. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. And welcome back as we, the, I guess we'll call ourselves the B team, uh, the A team being away, uh, getting ready to eat a lot of turkey. Uh, Fred Jackson here, along with Dr. Frank Turek and Chris Woodward. Uh, guys, uh, yesterday, if you're a Dr. Anthony Fauci fan, it was it was a sad day. Uh, the scene was the uh, the White House briefing. If you can get a picture in your mind of that room at the White House, and Dr. Anthony Fauci got up to give what he described as his his final briefing there at the White House, mm-hmm. um, and and he said things like, you know, I I go with my my head held high because you know I know I left nothing on the field. I went all out all the time uh, for the American people. It was a touching moment. But um, when he was through his little speech, he stepped to the side, and then a reporter had a question, I guess, that was politically incorrect for Dr. Fauci. Uh, The reporter had a question about, have you looked at the origins of the pandemic? Well, well, Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House spokesperson, uh, stepped in, and uh, here's how all of this unfolded and how it sounded yesterday. It was um, a tense moment at the White House. Cut one. Whether you're a far-right Republican or a far-left Democrat doesn't make any difference to me. I look upon it the same way as I did in the emergency room in the middle of New York City when I was taking care of everybody that was coming in off the street. So that's the thing that troubles me most about this. Gotcha. We have a process here. I'm not calling out on people who yell. And you're being, you're, being, you're being disrespectful to your colleagues and you're being disrespectful to our guests. I will not call on you if you yell. And also you're taking time off the clock because Dr. Fauci has to leave in a couple of minutes. I th- I'm done. I'm not going. I'm not getting into a back and forth with you. Go ahead, Jeremy. Thanks. Dr. Fauci, um, but, but she's only only thirty. You ask your question. You should allow her to ask her question. Jeremy, it's Jeremy. It's It is not. It is not your turn. It is not your turn. You can read the press briefing. You need to call from people like across the room. She has a valid question. She's asking about the origin of COVID. I hear the question. And Dr. Fauci is the best person I, to answer I that. hear your question, but we're not doing this the way you want it. This is a disrespectful... It is. I'm done. Simon, I'm done. I'm Simon, I'm done. I'm done with you right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're taking time away from your colleagues. Well, that didn't go as planned at the White House yesterday. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line in all of this is that uh, you had Karine uh, Jean-Pierre uh, basically saying the White House has a narrative when it comes to COVID. That question about asking the good Dr. Fauci, who's leaving public service, uh, t- has he investigated the origins of the pandemic? That is out of order. And how dare you shout a question like 
all the other reporters do every day. Chris, uh, we have a special guest to uh, add some comments to this. Yes, uh, joining us now live on this program is Twyla Brace, uh, a registered nurse and president slash co-founder of the Citizens Council for Health Freedom, somebody I've interviewed for many, many years uh, for stories on AFN, and Lord willing, we'll continue to discuss things. Twyla, uh, I'm assuming you heard the uh, the exchange there. What, if anything, stood out to you uh, in terms of yesterday's events at the press briefing? Well, it's just so funny. Um, so they give Dr. Fauci his last uh, time at the podium, but they weren't going to give anybody a last shot at asking him a question. So it was just like they gave him this one little final hurrah Right. And then they were and then they just shut it down. You know, it was a show. And then that was it. He wasn't there to answer questions. He was there to say his final statement. Uh, And it was just amazing because there were lots of people in the press shouting like they usually do, you know, to ask questions like they usually do. And she was treating them all like they were, you know, children in the schoolyard, you know, and like this was something different. So she was controlling it. um, But. I think, you know, the problem is that they just decided to give him a last shot at the podium with the press. And, of course, that's what the press do. They ask questions, and she just shut it down. Frank? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, science has resigned uh, from the White House yesterday, <laughs> so I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, science can't be questioned. Hmm. And science that's right. wasn't yesterday. Yeah. yeah. What 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 they forget, of course, is that science doesn't say anything scientists do, and you have different scientists evaluating the data differently. Uh, they're interpreting the data differently, and some scientists appear unwilling to examine the evidence. They want to censor people, and that's not science. Science is not censorship. Science is supposed to bring all data to the table. Scientists are supposed to bring all data to the table, and then try and interpret it in the proper way to get valid advice and and come to valid conclusions. And you don't do that by censoring people. But that's exactly what this administration tragically has done. I do have another question for Twyla. Uh, Something that has not made the news as much from yesterday's press briefing is this uh, exchange that we just played. Um, Fauci and others, they're back pushing uh, COVID shots, COVID boosters, uh, that some people even want us to start wearing masks again. do you think that is safe? Uh, is that the right approach that people should be taking, given the uh, news stories that we do hear about people you know, dropping dead uh, reportedly after getting a COVID shot or a booster? Well, I would say that that is, that is, not, uh, that is not even the right thing for them to do, because all you have to do is look elsewhere other than that podium to find a completely different story. And that story is even different in the New York Times. So first of all, I just want to say that Norway is not recommending the booster for anyone ages 18 to 65. So they're not recommending it at all, right? So here you've got Fauci saying everybody should get the booster. Well, then I then the New York Times actually has a headline story called, Will COVID Boosters Prevent Another Wave? scientists aren't so sure. That's the title of the article. And then when you look into the article, you have, um, you, you have uh, Dr. Moore being quoted, and um, I can't remember. Uh, oh, yeah, he's, from, he's a virologist. And he says, if you're at medical risk, you should get boosted. Or if you're at psychological risk and worrying yourself to death, 
go and get boosted. But don't believe that that will give you some kind of amazing protection against infection and then go out and party like there's no tomorrow. So that was just one of the quotes. But another another quote, which I thought was just great, was from this Dr. Baruch. I think that's how you say his name. He is the head of Beth Israel Deaconess Center for Virology and Vaccine Research. And he helped develop the J&J vaccine. And here's what he says. He says, it's not likely that any of the vaccines or boosters, no matter how many you get, will provide substantial and sustained protection against acquisition of infection. So these are not these are not people who are anti-vax. These are people who helped, you know, they're in the field. Some of them, like him, you know, helped them actually create uh, these injections. And they're the scientists that aren't so sure that it's going to be working. And Twala, you know, you know who would agree with him? Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci, I got boosted several times and I still got the disease. <laughs> like what? What? Why are we calling this a vaccine? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? If it's not, if you if you get the if you get the shot and and you're still going to get the disease, how is that a vaccine? It's not not a vaccine in the traditional sense, is it? Yeah. Well, it's not it's not a vaccine. And I think it is noteworthy that in September of 2021, after hearing from some folks lower down in the CDC who went to the upper, to the head, or the head people of the CDC and basically said, you know, anti-vax groups are using your definition of vaccine against us. And so they went in and they changed the definition of vaccine. It used to say that it provided immunity. And then there was a definition for immunity, which said that that meant that you did not get the disease. So they changed the definition of vaccine so that it didn't, it just meant protection. It didn't mean immunity. So, so, uh, so it's not really a vaccine because a vaccine means that you don't get whatever it is. So like tetanus, right? The tetanus vaccine, you don't get it. You, you don't get tetanus. And so, um, and so it's not a vaccine, but that is yeah. how they could sell it. And that's how they could get protection, liability protection from lawsuits as pharmaceutical companies. You know, uh, I'm folks. I, I'm somewhat encouraged by something I was reading the other day that they're having a real problem selling the the, the latest booster. Mm. Uh, only 13 percent of Americans are willing to take another booster. Uh, read that somewhere. So that tells me, uh, Twilight, get your comments on that. Tells me the American people. They have much more intelligence about this whole campaign of vaccines and boosters now. And the, it sounds like the vast majority of the American people aren't buying it. Well, and I think there might be some reasons for that. One, this idea of they're just going to have to have boosters forever. And those boosters might have to be, you know, every two to four months if the government, you know, given how quickly the boosters wane in protection, you know, six to eight weeks later, it doesn't do anything, right? Um, so that's one of the things. And their their minds are like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to keep doing that, right? And then, of course, they think that, you know, COVID has become much more mild, so they're not as concerned about COVID. And then, of course, they're they're watching Twitter. They're watching uh, TikTok. They're watching all these um, news sources that aren't major media, which are showing these people who are dropping dead. You know, a, 13, a healthy 13-year-old just, you know, shortly after the vax, uh, he wakes, he doesn't wake up. He's he, He's found dead in the morning, you know. Um, and there was in England, I think, just uh, and that's, it was reported a few days ago, but I think the death happened in September. 
or maybe it was Ireland. I think it was Ireland. And the coroner is saying that this is a public health concern because the coroner is looking at it as, as a result of the, um, the injection. And this was a teenager that mm-hmm. died. Twyla, uh, Twyla Brace, president and co-founder of the Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Do you have a website people can go and get the latest information from you? Sure. They can come to www.cchfreedom.org. cchfreedom.org. Okay. And Brent, we can probably put that up on our our Facebook page. We have that there now, folks. Hey, Twyla, thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And uh, we know the coming months will be interesting. We'll be chatting with you more. And don't forget to thank get boosted. Thank you boost. so much. Well, <laughs> 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 All right. Thank you. Frank, have you been practicing that voice? Or? Well, I'm from New Jersey, so it's easy <laughs> to do Tony Fauci. <laughs> don't forget to get boosted. Look, I am science. I resign. Science is over. <laughs> <laughs> I I have to tell this story um, because it the comment just uh, I can still hear her saying it and I've mentioned it uh, many times in this program but um, last year I think it was when when uh, news reports uh, were talking about how Fauci wanted people to start wearing goggles and a face mask in addition to a mask uh, and all that stuff uh, face shield. Yeah. Uh, I, I called, Fred tells me, he says, we have to call and get uh, Sandy's reaction to this. <laughs> so I call and Sandy Rios told me, and I quote, Dr. Anthony Fauci is a wicked little evil smiling man. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I was like, that is, I mean, I still have that soundbite somewhere. I'm, I'm looking for it. Uh, I'm going to play it on here one day. Look, just to look, prove I don't know his motivation, but <laughs> how can you be so blind? to keep pushing this stuff when, in your own experience, it doesn't work. I know. I mean, how many times have you had COVID? I yeah. mean, come on. Uh, you know. Not, now, fo- it, not following it, the science, Frank. Yeah, yeah. does it tamp down the, the symptoms? Well, perhaps it does. But now you've got all these other side effects coming out, and I think it's absolutely criminal, ladies and gentlemen, that these people want to force a vaccine on children when we know for a fact COVID is not an issue for children. Yeah. Why would we do this? The vaccine has not been tested like a normal vaccine. You don't give a vaccine, first of all, to people who don't need it, number one. And certainly you don't give it to people who don't need it if you haven't adequately tested it yet. And we haven't. Yeah. And and we have these stories of 13-year-olds dying in their sleep mm. after getting the vaccine. It's scary. I've seen some of these videos, soccer yeah. players. I yeah. mean, we're talking yeah. about healthy males. And they, they just collapse. Steve Jordahl has done a nice job of covering those kinds of stories. Uh, we kind of do our COVID coverage in a couple of ways. I'll do the general reaction. Fauci says this. I'll get some reaction to it. Steve does a little bit of the uh, the deep dive, if you will, where he, he kind of goes into the story to try to get the other side of the issue that you're not going to get from even a Fox News mm-hmm. uh, when Fauci and others push boosters and stuff like that. That is a shameless plug to the ears of many of our listeners, but... Uh, it's all the more reason to keep it right here and keep a check on our website, AFN.net, because Steve, as I mentioned, does do uh, those kinds of stories. And I believe in vaccines. The vaccine of the American Family Radio Network, it will inoculate you from bad news reporting from leftists and others out there who are closing yeah. their eyes to the evidence that is out there. I you came from a television background. I'm sorry. I spoke over yeah. there. I no, came go. from a television background, and the first day that I met Dan Celia here on campus, mm-hmm. he, he asked me, you know, where do you come from? And I told him I come from TV and stuff like that. And Dan Celia's first words were to me were, welcome to the real world. 
<laughs> and I said, yes, sir. And uh, uh-huh. that was the beginning of a long friendship between. Uh, All right. Well, listen, uh, American Family Radio has some of the best listeners. And I know some folks listening right now are getting ready for big dinners tomorrow with mm-hmm. families. And Frank, uh, you started us uh, down the road yesterday for some suggestions on when the conversations begin around the table, how we might uh, spread the gospel, introduce the right. gospel to family members who are yet to be saved. And uh, well, one of the first things you said yesterday, pray about it first, right. and and then pray at the table also. Pray at the table and pray for people and put the gospel in the prayer and all this. And even you can use a prayer from one of our founding fathers too. That that ought to work, right? Yeah. Um, so the, the five things we talked about yesterday, we can't go through them all now, but just you can probably listen to yesterday's show, is pray, number one. Two, serve people. Number three, ask people a lot of questions. Number four, listen. Number five, use tactical questions. Those were the questions we talked about yesterday, like what do you mean by that? How did you come to that conclusion? In other words, when people say things, don't just blindly uh, take what they say as gospel. Ask them for evidence for what they say, right? So we talked all about that. Um, Number six, uh, and this is continuing from yesterday, one of the things I think you can do is have certain things you can say to people if certain issues come up that gets them thinking. Like if, if and this is called seeding the conversation. So, for example, if somebody says, well, there are hypocrites in the church, you know what you ought to do? You ought to agree with that. You know, you're absolutely right. There are hypocrites in the church. In fact, if we were perfect, however, we wouldn't need a savior. Mm-hmm. And as we pointed out yesterday, you could ask people, if somebody plays Beethoven poorly, who do you blame? You don't blame Beethoven. You play. You blame the player. Same thing is true. If people play Christ poorly, you don't blame Jesus. You don't blame the, the, the source of Christianity. That's Jesus. You blame us. And we haven't lived up to Christ's standards. If we could, we wouldn't need him. So when people say, I can't go to church because there's too many uh, hypocrites, I always say, come on down, pal. We got room for one more. Because (laughs) notice, the church is a hospital for sinners. It's not a country club for saints. Yes, I know we're all saints theologically. When we've accepted Christ, we've been given his righteousness. But uh, on a practical level, we still sin. And so you you ought to agree with people that say that. You might also ask them, what's wrong with being a hypocrite? In other words, what moral standard are you suggesting is out there that makes it wrong to be a hypocrite? As soon as they suggest a moral standard, now you're back to God, because without God, there are no objective moral standards. Everything is just a matter of opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing people might object to Christianity about is it's too exclusive. Well, you know, do you think people who don't believe in Jesus you know, are, are destined for hell. And what you can say to them, do you think God should force people into heaven against their will? Hmm. You see, because the, the presupposition is everyone wants to go to heaven. That's not true. Who's in heaven? Jesus is in heaven. There have been people running from Jesus their entire lives. What's he going to do in the afterlife? Well, hey, where are you going? Get over here. You're with me now. Hmm. And in hell is a place where you're separated from God. God will give you what you want. If you don't want him now, you're not going to be, you're not going to want him in eternity. Now, you could go on a much longer conversation about that, but you might ask a question. Do you think God should force people into heaven against their will? Hmm. People don't want to be with God now. Are they going to want to be with God in the, are they going to want to be with God in the afterlife? No, hmm. right? Um, people might object to miracles. Well, miracles don't occur. My question would be, how do you know that? How do you know they don't occur? And if miracles did occur, um, would you expect to see a lot of them? Because what are miracles? Miracles are 
rare event where God intervenes in order to tell us something very important normally about, say, a prophet uh, or somebody that has new information, new revelation. If you look in the Bible, miracles occur in three basic periods around Moses, Elijah and Elijah, and Jesus and the apostles. Why around them? Because they have new revelation that needs new confirmation. In other words, why should people believe Moses? Because Moses can do miracles. Why should people believe Elijah and Elijah? Because they can do miracles. Why should people believe in Jesus and the apostles? Because they can do miracles. And they're very rare events. If they occurred all the time, they wouldn't be miracles. And they wouldn't get our attention. I mean, Fred, imagine what would happen if resurrections occurred routinely. Mm. What would the resurrection of Christ mean to us? Nothing. Nothing. You go to somebody, you go, Jesus rose from the dead to prove he was God. And the guy goes, so what? Uncle George rose from, just rose from the dead two weeks ago. Right now, I got to give the inheritance back. No, it's got to be a rare event. It can't be a regular event. If if resurrections occurred routinely, then the resurrection of Jesus would mean nothing. Now, maybe the most important point you can make is, is that the greatest miracle in the Bible has already occurred, and even atheists are admitting the evidence for this miracle. What is that evidence? That the universe had a beginning. That space, matter, and time came into existence out of nothing. If that verse is true, if Genesis 1-1 is true, every other verse is at least possible. Yeah. And atheists are admitting the universe had a beginning. They call it the Big Bang. Well, if there's a Big Bang, there must be a Big Banger. <laughs> there must be somebody outside the universe mm -hmm. that brought space, time, and matter into, in, into existence. And so I, I think if Genesis 1-1 is true, resurrections are possible, Noah's possible, Jonah's possible, Parting the Red Sea is possible. The only question is, have those things occurred? And for that, you've got to look at the evidence, the historical evidence that they're telling the truth. Now, there's so many more of these you could go through. Mm -hmm. We don't have time here on the program to do it. But let me mention, if you get our app, the Cross-Examined app, two words in the App Store, Cross-Examined, you can only see this on the app. I did a program called The Top 10 Ways to Advance the Gospel at Holiday Dinners. It comes from... December 21st, 2019. So if you go to our app and you click on podcast and go back in the 2019 archive, I mean, it's an evergreen app, or I should say an evergreen show. We're going to talk about these top 10 ways to show that Christianity is indeed true while you're talking to people casually over dinner. Amen. And we just did, we just did, I got more, but mm -hmm. we can do more later. We can. Well, one of the things, you know, people often say, even Christians, well, you know, it's not polite to discuss religion and politics at dinner, but you might not mm -hmm. see that person again. That's yeah. that's one thing. And people off, people always just assume that, you know, Jesus was talking about the weather and sports when he was meeting with sinners and going to so-and-so's house for dinner. No, uh -huh. he was telling people to repent. Why? Because we're all sinners, and that's why he came. But uh, for some reason, like, people cannot understand that. I, I almost wish God would have made Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John a little bit longer to include a little bit more dialogue during those gatherings between Jesus and the sinners to show that he was not just talking about, hey, how's it going at your house? Yeah, exactly. You know, Jesus, it, uh, oh, go, go, sorry, go ahead, Fred. No, I, I was just thinking too, um, also leading up to this, uh, and, and these are terrific suggestions, and I'm glad you mentioned that site where people can go because there's a lot of... Uh, great ideas there. But also, you know, I, I think it's about praying before the gathering begins mm -hmm. uh, so that hearts are, are ready for this. Yeah. Because I, I've, I've often found um, the greatest opportunities to witness is when the person has a question. 
Yeah. That just tells me their heart is ready. And, and, I, and I think you would agree, Frank, avoid the confrontation mm-hmm. at the table because confrontations often get into debates and it, it almost it, it, it puts this freeze on a conversation. So pray for an opportunity. Pray for an open heart. Pray that the person or persons, they start asking questions. And when they start asking questions, that means their heart is actually searching and, and to me, that's just an open door. That's right. And one one of the number seven in our list of the top 10, number six was to to seed the conversation and agree with people uh, when you can mm. uh, and have some of these ways of turning uh, a question back on these people on these issues like, you know, are there hypocrites in the church? Yeah, there are. I agree with you. There are hypocrites. What's wrong with hypocrisy? You know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, But number seven is this, agree and affirm whatever they get right. It will make points of disagreement more acceptable. Hmm. In other words, uh, don't be so defensive you can't admit when the other person makes a good point, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it's about politics or it's about Christianity, you know, Christians are evil. You're right, they are. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. What what do you mean by evil, though? Mm. Right? Um, Or, uh, you know, uh, Trump, Trump was evil. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, Trump did a lot of evil things and is an evil person, just like Biden and you and me, too. What are we going to do about that? <laughs> right? Okay. Is there a solution to the fact that there's evil on all of our hearts? Amen. Amen. Right? You, I mean, you don't, you don't have to... You should agree with... In fact, it's been said this way. If somebody criticizes you, agree with it, and then watch the criticism go away. Yeah. What are they going to do after you admit it? You give them nowhere to go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> What now? (laughs) Why did you have to agree with me? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The question is, where do we go from here? That's right. Right? What's what's the implication of this? Hey, give that website once again where folks can go for these. Yeah, go go to the Cross-Examined app. Wherever you get apps, just type in two words, Cross-Examined. And then when you download the app, go to the uh, podcast archive. And it is uh, December 21st, 2019 show. That we did right here on AFA. It's just three years ago, but it's evergreen. Evergreen. All right. Hey, listen, first hour of TI is gone already. Chris, thanks so much. Thank you. Steve Jordan standing by in the wings. Thank you. We're back after the news. Don't go away. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.